0: Welcome to the Glasgow Girls Club podcast, where we chat to inspirational folks throughout the city about living their best lives and encourage our listeners to grow and glow.
1: Hello and welcome to the GGC podcast. My name is Laura McGuinness and every week I'm out and about in the city interviewing some inspirational folks for y'all. This week we caught up with Lisa Haig. So Lisa's been in Scotland for quite a while now. She moved up with partner Chris Commons when he played for Celtic and the couple have decided to stay so we must be doing something right in Scotland, which is great. So we spoke quite openly on this podcast. Lisa and Chris unfortunately suffered from a stillbirth with their first child, which is a tragedy which many families unfortunately have gone through. So Lisa speaks about how she felt, what happened and she goes on to talk about how she's an ambassador for Simba and she's helping to fundraise money for families going through the same tragedy and that's fundraising for things like having family rooms in hospitals, having cuddle cots, bereavement training for midwives and more. So in the podcast notes below you will be able to see a a text number whereby you can text and donate anything to this fund. We also chat to Lisa about her producing or film producing debut, and we talk about the film Iolani, which is a thriller set in Glasgow. The premiere of that film was last summer and the GGC were proud to sponsor it. So the film's actually been shown in Cineworld from the 11th of January onwards and I can't recommend it enough girls. It's absolutely something that's worth seeing. It's set in Glasgow, it's a thriller, it's also very arty as well. So in the podcast notes again we will be posting links to that as well where you can get your tickets. So without further ado... Let's hear from Lisa. Well, hello, Lisa. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the GGC podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, not at all. You're not very at brave all. to have me on. <laughs> oh no, I think it'll be a good laugh actually. <laughs> so, Lisa, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your 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 past, your present, and your future. How far in the past do you I, want I to know, delve? Just as far <laughs> as you want to go. <laughs> so, a bit about me then would be:
0: I am from Nottingham. Born in Mansfield in Nottingham in 1985, so I'm a tender 33, and um, went to school down there, met Chris, my partner down there. We both went to the same nursery and the same secondary school. Oh, that's so
1: nice. We
0: didn't trace our family tree back too far because we might be related (laughs) somewhere down the line. It's
1: not.
0: So, yeah, we, we got together and Chris left school early to go and play football. And then as the years have sort of gone on, we've gone on to three beautiful children, April, William and Jax and baby Lola, of course, that lots of people know about who unfortunately died. She would have been 11 next year. And I'll tell you lots to do with that and all the amazing things that we do. Um but we had three children and we moved to sunny Scotland <laughs> Not so sunny like Scotland <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Sunny Scotland eight years ago when Chris moved up to play for Celtic. And so, he was such
1: a he's such an amazing football player. Yeah. Like, he's it's so fab and uh-huh. we were
0: welcomed into Scotland so well to the point that when Chris retired, um from football 18 months ago, we decided that's us staying in Scotland. Oh,
1: wow, that's so so lovely. So, yeah. Well done, (laughs) us. I know. Oh, that's
0: it. Do you know what? The people of Scotland... I I never imagined that we'd stay. When he first signed his contract, and it was three years, I thought, right, so after three years, we'll go home, and then he stayed, and then he stayed again. And um, my family knew it weren't even going to be a question of, so when are you coming home then? Yeah. Um, I think they wonder whether... You know, 20 years down the line, maybe we'll go back. But I I can't say, Laura, but I can't imagine that we'll ever go home. Scotland's home for the kids as well now. Oh, of
1: course. Of and they've got
0: course. wee Scottish accents. Oh, I know,
1: and they're so gorgeous.
0: <laughs> they are the cutest.
1: Oh, they're so The cute. cutest trio. I know. Keep me and
0: Chris on our toes anyway. So
1: you do so much, Lisa, because we met. Earlier this year, is that right? Was it just this year? It was, yeah.
0: I feel or, like I've known
1: you longer. Oh, I know, I know. But, dude, this year's been, like, so speedy, hasn't it? It has, definitely. So we met at the Isolani. Yes. Cream, we talk, so, like, tell us about this element. Right, well, it's completely different to anything that I've done. So
0: so when I left school, I trained and did... Um, I used to teach drug and substance misuse and sexual health. So, really, that was
1: my, okay. so that was my...
0: So that was my job all the the fun of working in a college with sixteen to nineteen year old boys. I mean can you imagine that one? So um but I've always I left school with no GCSEs really. I got one C, four D's, four E's and an F. So I didn't apply myself at school. My reports always said the same. She's a popular member of the group, sprightly, but she ought to just get her head down and get some work done. (laughs) So I didn't try very hard at school at all and I left and um did that job always been really interested in drug and substance misuse so there's plenty of work for me to do in glasgow of course of course (laughs) um but i've always been one to just say yes to things i'll always say yeah i won't think well i can't really do that or how will i do that i think well i'll learn on the way and i can talk myself pretty much into anything that's such a good way to live your life I think and and by doing that I've I've done some amazing things more so since I've moved up to Scotland because I've been presented with amazing opportunities to do with the people that we meet with Chris doing what he does and playing football and you know mixing in yep. certain circles it's, it's been amazing but um a friend of mine called Gianni Capaldi that's um an actor in Scotland well he's LA, Scotland and and all over, but Gianni was sat with me at a soft play, having a cup of tea when April was a couple of years old and he said, guess what you're doing next Thursday and I went, go on, and he said, you're going to be an extra in a film, in a Scottish film and I think he thought that I'd maybe let a little squeal out or say no way and I went, all right, great, so where do I need to be on and what time? So I went in, oh my goodness, it was at um, Govan Baths Freezing. It was in January, and I was perished. But I went along and did this film for the day, and I really enjoyed okay. it. Actually, dithering aside, being looking at the cameras, looking how many uh, shots you need to get a, yep. a, a set done, and, and everything else. I thought, wow, that's that's pretty good. And the guy, the director, was Paul Wilson, and he did eleven series uh, in Scotland of the Real Hustle. Okay. So he's the the magician, and yes. Does, does all his bits. So I got on really well with Paul and when it came to he'd finished his film, I said, so what are you going to do with it now? He says, oh, well, we're going to watch it at the cinema. And I'm like, well, a proper premiere, though. You need to do it right. Mm-hmm. It's got to be red carpet. We need limos. We need oh, champers flowing. And they were like, "Um, it's not really my area of expertise, but I'll leave that with you. <laughs> so I put him his premiere on,
1: Brilliant. bells,
0: whistles and singing. And um, six months later, he came back to me with an offer of me being a producer on his next film and I literally googled what on earth does a producer do in a film <laughs> so literally cute. I thought you know I can see Idiot's Guide for <laughs> being a mechanic I, I googled I, I said yeah yeah I'll produce a film for you no sweat and then I got on my phone and googled what does a producer do and um, pretty much everything he needed me to do I knew that I could do quite easily, okay. you know. I didn't have to be academically clever to do it. I needed to have my fingers in loads of pies, no loads of people, and okay. be able to pull a film together. And I knew I could do that easily. So,
1: so I, I, even when you're talking about it, I still do. So that's what you did. <laughs> <that's laughs> right. Really? So we should have discussed this. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> that's <is> incredible.
0: <laughs> so the key is say yes to everything. Of course. So he knew he needed money getting in. He knew he'd got a budget, and he'd got to get this film going. And it's a Scottish independent film, so it weren't going to be, you know, in the millions, it were going to be in the couple of hundred thousand to get going. And I thought, yeah, I can drag that sort of money and I should be able to do that. And then he's like, I need locations, I need this, this and this, and I need a restaurant. And I'm like, yeah, a few of my friends have got restaurants, we can do that. Uh, And then we need to sit down and we need to get some of these actors in. I'm like, yeah, we could do this. So everything he said, I knew that it wouldn't take me months, I could literally pick the phone up. And... Without blowing my own trumpet, I've helped a lot of people in Glasgow yeah. since I've been up here Yeah. in the eight years. I mean, I worked voluntary for the first five years, full-time, just doing bits where I could and feeling like Chris gets such a good wage from being a football player yeah. that I felt like that was my time to give back. I didn't That's feel brilliant. it was appropriate for me to take a wage for a long time because we already did all right anyway, and it's time to pump back into what we take from. And... It's different now. Chris isn't a footballer anymore. He works for Sky Sports and that's great, but I don't mind taking a wage for things now because I feel like, well, I did that for that long yes. and now I can, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I did and I took a wage for doing the film and I applied myself to it and, and it's I mean, you've seen it. It was a great... Oh, I love the film. A great film. I love so the film. So good and My Little Boy's in it as well. Yes. But both My Little Boys are in it, but one's a body double for when the other one had got the oh. face on. So that was—I mean, literally—I should bill Paul Wilson for Jackson's dentistry bill because that boy worked on for Harry Bowes. Say one more time, Jackson. You can have a little fizzy cola bottle, and brilliant. Um, and you did it. <laughs> and while we're on the subject of the film, it's on City World. Have took Throwing. it off uh, on in Glasgow. From the 11th of Glasgow, eleventh uh, of January in Cineworld, Glasgow for a week. So everybody is invited oh, to come along, so buy a ticket. Yes. It's got its own screen for the week. And I'm sure we'll be able to get a link for oh, the, we for the uh, girls' website. But... Um, It would be amazing for people to come and see what you can do with a low-budget film to show that, no, there's not cars being flipped over and, you know, balls of fire everywhere, but it's raw acting. Yeah, and
1: it doesn't need that. It doesn't need that. And it's it's Glasgow as well. Yeah, it's shot in Glasgow. Uh, Now, that's
0: amazing. When you're watching it and you think, oh, I know that place. uh, Oh, I've seen there. It's great. It, it is. really does give you a nice it feeling does. to watch it.
1: And it, and what kind of? Would you say like it's like a? It's like a thriller. Or it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a
0: thriller. It's eight, but, an eighteen. Yeah.
1: I thought to myself, you know, how sometimes there's films that you remember. Yeah. That's just stuck with me. That film yeah. and anyone that I spoke to that was there totally sang its praises because it's it's arty as well yeah it's got a, like, a real artistic element to it and it yeah. just so i can't recommend it highly enough and we'll definitely post the links yes the tickets that would and be, stuff that would be sure. amazing and get it up on the website and all that thank you oh, not cute. at all not at all <laughs> so tell us about lola so lola was
0: my firstborn, and i was pregnant with lola when i was 22 and
1: she's which, so, which is like see when you think about it that's See now it's young, isn't oh, it? Oh, I feel
0: at the time I thought I was, you know, a big grown-up adult lady ready to take on, yeah, you know, and motherhood the and the world. Yeah. And now I look back and I think, wow, I was such a baby. And I look at pictures of me pregnant with Lola and I think, wow, you were just a just a baby, oh, really. Absolutely. Um, and I've got um, endometriosis, which is. Um, well, it's an awful condition, actually. And I'm sure loads of the girls will have heard of it before. Yeah. Uh, and I won't go into the gruesome depths of it, but it's not a nice condition to have. And when I got diagnosed with it, they said, you might struggle a little bit to mm-hmm. get pregnant, but you're not as bad off as some. who yeah. would be saying, try immediately for a baby. Okay. But me and Chris decided that we would try for a baby. And the first month of trying, amazingly so, I gets pregnant okay. with Lola. So... um. Happy, healthy pregnancy all the way through. Um, Really good pregnant woman, you know, didn't touch a prawn at the time, which you weren't allowed to do, and didn't have a sneaky glass of wine. Everything was, you know, I've never smoked, I've never took drugs. Everything was perfectly done. Mm -hmm. And um, the midwife came to the house and um, she did the Doppler reading so I could hear a heartbeat. And I was just up to nine months pregnant at this point. And um, then she did the tape measure on the on my belly mm-hmm. and said, "Oh, you've not grown any since the last time that I came." She said, came. "But don't worry about that at all. Your baby's head's engaged, and you can sometimes lose that that little bit." Okay. Um. So I'm like, "Right, okay, that's fine." She says, "But because i put it on your chart, I have to get you in for a scan." I said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, that's that's no problem." So they couldn't get me in for a scan that day, and it worked out it to be two days later, and unfortunately. Didn't realise at the time, but she died within those two days. Um, So I went for a scan up at Nottingham, and um, it was my sister's birthday, actually. And I went for this scan. Um, Chris went to work. He played for Nottingham Forest at the time. Mm. And he said, oh, I'll I'll come in with you. I said, no, 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 listen, it's fine. I'll get the scan, and then I'll head up to um, my sister's party. And the strangest thing is, Laura, and it's so strange, but I sat there in the waiting room, and I thought somebody's baby's died in here and I am praying it's not mine. And I just had this feeling that just something wasn't going to be mm. so. And I just thought, I hope I've got this feeling wrong. I hope nobody is going to get bad news today. And um, anyway, I was waiting for quite a while, goes through, and um, she's put the um, the reading on me, the jelly on my belly to, to see the picture. And she starts chatting away and sort of turned the screen away from me a little bit. And she said, "Oh, when was the last time that you felt your baby moving?" And I said, "Oh, well, I, I felt it moving, you know." Um... And then I started thinking, mm-hmm. "Why is she even asked me that?" And I said, "Is there a heartbeat?" And she went, "I can't find one." She went, "But I need to come and get somebody else just to to mm-hmm. double check this. I need a doctor to come in." Mm-hmm. And at that point, I thought, "There's no chance here." Uh, a doctor sent to come in very quickly, and um, they came in and they just said, "We're really sorry. There's there's no heartbeat. It's." You know that that's it, and I, I mean, I mean, I, I didn't cry, but I was absolutely heartbroken. And I just f- went into shock. I think immediately. Oh, of course. And I don't think I cried a tear for a couple of weeks. Just completely shocked. Completely, mm-hmm. and I realised that I would got a job to do. I thought I'd got a job to do, which was to make sure that everybody thought that we were all right. So I had to ring Chris from the sad room where there's the box of tissues and the phone. Mm. And he was at work, and uh, luckily we're only 20 minutes away. And it sent, like, a click, and he was he walked through into the hospital. And me and Chris instantly were like, I'm all right, are you all right? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine, are you all right? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And um, But they, they told me that I'd got to carry her for two days, that I would go back in on the Monday and deliver her. And I was like, right, that's fine, OK, just just let me go, just let me leave the hospital. Gave me this leaflet, and um, we get us in the car, in the journey from Nottingham Hospital to home, I rang everybody and told them. And then when I got home, literally the front door closed, and I said to Chris, What are we doing here? I can't be at home pregnant for two days. You need to get me back down again to mm-hmm. the hospital. Yeah. So, um, Cut in the very long story, sure. I went back to hospital and said, I'm not leaving until I've had this baby and I don't think it's very good for my mental health no. to be pregnant for two days. No. And they said, we can get you going, but even for us to get you going, you won't give birth till tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we'll get you set up in a room for overnight and we'll get you going. But you, you there will be no baby until at least tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon. And I said, well, I might as well go home then. So oh, I thought, I don't want to sit in hospital all night I when I could actually yeah. then be at home. But at least with the wheels in motion, I felt yeah. like, okay, I'm not Something. just waiting for two days for nothing. So we gets in the car, does the 45-minute drive back home, and within a couple of hours, I started going into natural labour. And they said it now, looking back at it, it would have been shock and everything kicking in. Boy. It weren't so yeah, much that yeah. the procedure had, yes. had worked that quickly. But... um Went straight back down to hospital and had an an easy birth as you can say it was you know four or five hours and plenty of gas and air mm-hmm. later and and Lola was born and we'd already named her and everything yeah, anyway okay. um, but being so young I didn't know whether she'd need a funeral I didn't know whether she of needed course, a name I would, I we were like what what do we do yeah. and um, and I made a very knee-jerk reaction to not see her or hold her okay and I think Chris being a celebrity back in Nottingham yeah um the midwives gave us a little bit more space than yeah. maybe what they would do other people and they uh, okay. took that on the chin that we didn't want to yeah um one midwife said to us do you mind if I take a picture of your baby for you and I said no I don't want any pictures done and um she said well I'm going to take a picture and I'm going to put them in your notes. And if you decide when you're 50 mm-hmm. that you want to see a picture of her, yeah. then you'll have them in your notes and you can come back. Okay. And I think, Laura, I pretty much said, do what you want. I was really not very nice at that time. I just thought, get me out of here, feeling like when I go home, my life will be normal oh, again. I've, you know, I'm very totally naive understand.
1: to it. Oh, of course.
0: Um, It didn't take till I was 55. It took till about a week after she'd been cremated. Oh. And I realised that I'd made a really rash decision to not hold her and I felt you know I felt incredibly guilty that I hadn't been brave enough to do it but it's a very cruel window of time and you know the day before I was in next getting my baby grows and 24 hours later I was picking a coffin that's how quick that goes so I don't beat myself up about it anymore and I have got the most beautiful pictures they actually did me a few pictures and by the end of um the end of it, they, they let me see them all. Some of the pictures weren't meant for me to see, but yeah, um, I got a hold of those as well, and they're lovely. And I went on to have April, William, and Jacks uh, in 2010, 11, and 12. So, oh. um, I got my three bundles. I was really pleased that I was having a girl with April. I felt yeah. like I should always have a, a daughter that I get to keep for forever, yes. Um, and when we moved to Scotland, a charity called Simba gave me a phone call okay. out the blue and said, we you know, want to welcome you to Scotland and blah-de-blah, and we know that you lost a baby a few years ago, and we wondered if you would be ambassador of our charity um, called Simba. And I said, do you know what? That's really kind of you to ask me, but I'm going to say no. Okay. I said, but thank you. I said, um, I said, people in England feel really sorry for me because I've lost a baby, and everyone looks at me with these doughy eyeballs Mm -hmm. i said and when i went back to work everyone were a bit different with me because i'd lost a baby i said and up here i'm known as lisa the wag which (laughs) although is not my full identity lisa the wag i said it's better than being lisa that lost a baby Mm -hmm. i said so that's my reasoning for saying no i'm i'm happy to keep it a bit quieter up in scotland And um, she said, well, can I just ask you to have a look at our website? Will you promise me you'll just have a look at our website and see what we do? And I said, I promise you, I'll do that. So, true to my word, I comes off the phone, flicks the laptop up, types in Simba, and within about four minutes, fell in love with this charity because of everything that they did. It wasn't a, you've lost a baby, there's some support, off you go. It was a, you've lost your baby here's what we do so that you can spend time with your baby, here's cuddle cots, here's private family rooms, here is a memory-making box so you can get hand and footprints, here's a bereavement photographer, here's help with siblings that you might have at, at the time f- of the baby that's passed away. And the list went on of yeah. everything that they did, and I thought, well, I shouldn't have said I'd read that website because that's that's, <laughs> that's me that signed print. up. Yeah. Um, and I came downstairs... And I said to Chris, "I'm going to be ambassador of a charity called Simba," and he went, "Course you are. Here we go. She's off again." <laughs> and um, and I did, and I rang on back and said, "I've I've changed my mind." I said, "Um, um, I want to be part of it." I said, "But I do not want to be an ambassador that gets wheeled out with the heels and the frock on yeah. at the end of the year." I said, "If you've got me, you're having me, yeah. and I'll and I'll give you everything I've got with it." Yeah. And luckily, they like my quirky little personality, and we've done amazing stuff and although there's been lots of people through all different walks of life that's helped us the majority of the money that has come into the Lola Commons fund for Simba has been through Celtic fans and I and I always have to give a massive thank you and appreciation because in the first two years that the Lola fund came in I raised over 100 grand and that was Celtic fans that all came together and went listen if you're behind it we're behind it, and they really gave that's us amazing. a big, big boost with it. Um, Neil Lennon at the time, that was the manager, he massively supported us as oh, well. Wow. So I always do just give an extra special thank you. It's not just been Celtic fans; it's been every football club and loads of different families. But there I always just a have real to give, there. yeah, yeah. So I always want to say thank you, and that's been me with the charity for. About five years now, oh, yeah. and we haven't took us foot off the gas once. It's you know, if anything, it's getting bigger and bigger. We are in over two hundred hospitals and units across the UK. We've given out uh, over twelve thousand memory boxes. Oh. You know, it's and we're still we're still a small charity. You know, we don't get all all ours is voluntary and yeah. what people donate into the charity. Um, but I only had one. ...thing where I said, listen, with the Lola Commons Fund... Mm-hmm. ...it has got to be every penny out of every pound... Yeah. ...that goes to the charity. And they yeah. were like, that's really difficult, Lisa. You know, you have to have uh, marketing costs... ...and, yeah. you know, we've, we do have to have an admin person. And I'm like, well... If you want me, you'll make it happen, okay, and we'll make every penny out of every pound, and anyway, they pulled the strings and said, "Well, if we stick Lola's name on our marketing stuff and do, yeah, and they did they came back to me and said you've you've got us, it's every penny out of every pound and um, and I love that, I, I love, love it because you. Scottish people are incredibly generous, and my dealings with people is the people that seem to have the least give the most, yeah, and yeah. I want people to know that every pound that they give to the Lola fund goes to where it needs to be and it's not you know some big boardroom meeting with best sandwiches and overnight team building building stays in a hotel it's got to be where the money goes to where it needs to be and i'm massively proud of that
1: oh i'm what an an achievement so what how can people get involved and support the funds um
0: people can get creative and do their yep. own fundraising yep. sorts of ideas we've got midwives doing skydives we've got mum... like yes. that's brilliant. There's, there's one i can't remember the hospital but there's a group of midwives that are bonkers there's about 20 of them doing a skydive oh and i said brilliant. listen i know i say you've got me but you've not got me jumping out of a plane <laughs> i get funny on an escalator <laughs> so there were no chance of that i so, said but i'll i'll be at the bottom with a glass of prosecco, oh, that's what I can do that there. Is so they're doing that in February, I think, next year. Brilliant. Um, but if everyone went on to the Simba website okay. and have a look, and I always say, I mean, we're all the same pot, but I always say, but go to the Lola Commons <laughs> pot because that's that's <laughs> my baby right? pot. Of course. Um, and if they do that, and all of my money goes into the hospital rooms, Brilliant. just so that when you have lost a baby, you've got a private room where you can give birth in and mm-hmm. you're away from everybody else because saddening law is still in some places. You can have a baby that's passed away and be put onto the ward with another six women that have all got their babies there. It's, and that's that's not nice for anybody, for the mum that's lost the baby no. and for the family that's just had their baby as well. No. But we've got to look after our families that have, have lost little ones because it's a a really, really tough time and we've got to try and make it a smooth as possible so oh, absolutely. so by going on there, we've got um this is quite sad, but I've got the text Lola to donate number, which is um I will get yeah. it to you but it's a text Lola number yep. and that all stops in March all of the text numbers stop so I am going to give that a big push over the oh, next couple yeah, of months oh
1: definitely we'll, we'll put that at the bottom yeah. of the podcast and as well
0: and you know that's generated I think that's generated four grand in in a couple of years which Brilliant. is just people you know, know chucking a couple of quid in
1: and is that because of,
0: is that because of GDPR like why is that they said when I asked the charity why it's gonna stop, it it's stopping for all for all, ch- charities. For all charities. So so they've made us away and they've just said they just don't seem that it works as well anymore. I mean I'm not a Facebook person, uh, so yep. People that haven't got Facebook and seeing all these things, the text number's always been. It's that's so handy. Just an easy thing Grab to your do, phone hasn't out, it? text yeah. it in. But um, I'll do a big push about it. Lola would have been eleven on the first of February, and I thought, well, that's just before March, and I can yeah. just give that a big push, and then it's yes. you know. I think it's a great way of donating, but
1: yeah, absolutely. So you've done so much. So tell us about the the kind of another project you're working on then because you're you're creating candles.
0: Yeah, so what I feel is I always seem to get the same people um who want to contribute to the charity, or the people that I'm going to anyway. So, you know, the football guys will get me banging on the door saying, Can you just and people that I know that own big businesses, yep. And I'm saying, can you just and there becomes a point of embarrassment where you think, I can't keep asking anymore for people to, do, to donate. And there's so many worthy charities out there. It's so difficult for people to just go, you know, there's a tenor, there's a tenor every time. So I thought if I could create something where people could buy a product, yep and they get something, but they also know that money's going to charity as well. Yep, everyone's a winner. Um, candles are are quite significant for any loss people like a candle and you know we do the waiver lights and things for baby loss awareness week so um, I've teamed up with Bellissimo Candles and she's a local girl who's lost a baby herself Um, she lost her baby 12 years ago and we've come up with a Lola and an April candle and the Lola candle is a non-profit candle yep. and all of the money goes to the Lola Fund and we've had to do the April one as a contribution candle because yep. we do have to have outgoings oh, for the charity do, so I won't yeah. be retiring off the back of the April candle uh, and we've called it a contribution because that should change month to month depending on how many we sell to how much but oh, of you know I'm I'm a proper penny pincher with the charity stuff. And even recently, I bought the ingredients to make all the candles so that Bellissimo candles can do them. And she said, it's £75 delivery, Lisa, for everything that you're ordering. And I went, it's not. Where are they based? I'll drive up and get them. And she's like, it's Falkirk. I'm like, yeah, it's fine, 40 miles, I can do that. So, we, you know, there's outgoings that have to be paid. Oh, of course it is. Um, but I thought, you know, I'll do one as a Lola, one as an April um, and try and, you know, let people get, I mean, the, the brilliant quality candles, they're amazing, and I love a candle. Um, so, you were involved in like developing
1: like the fragrance? Yeah, and... so I've
0: picked my four fragrances for Christmas, oh, that's um, and I've got the new fragrances lined up for the new year. And I mean, it's it's been amazing. So many local businesses have gone and they're not making anything. The one thing I said is, it's got to be the same price for everybody for yeah. the candles. I don't want a salon to take them on and go, well, we'll buy them at this price and we'll charge 15 quid. You know, we've kept the prices really low so that it's affordable for everybody to have. And we could charge a lot more and more money would get donated to the charity, but I'd rather make more so that everyone can, you know, afford to get one. So uh, they're going to go up by a couple of quid into the new year, but at the minute it's £8 for a one-wick, £12 for a two-wick and £16 for a three-wick candle. I mean, you can't argue with that.
1: And I think now people are even more so when they're buying a brand they want to they like brands that are given back so yeah. when there's an actual story you can become loyal to that brand because you know that you're supporting such a worthy cause yeah so exactly. I think it's brilliant so we'll also get the details for that yep and get it up on the website and get it for people to to, to buy. Brilliant. Rich I mean, what
0: we're hoping as well is, you know, some companies might want to say, we'll buy 12 candles from your Lisa and we'll do an employee of the month. Yes. You know, just by doing little things like that, 12 candles. But if loads of companies came on and did that, that would make a real big difference. Oh, we're not talking about one pound out the candles goes to the charity. No, you know, yeah. this is a big push this is really going to make. I'm hoping to be able to donate thousands a year from the back of this, and it is hard work, but hopefully you yeah. know and the lovely gifts as well so get creative if somebody wants to do these as wedding favors and yeah. little tea lights we can you know at the minute we're a two-man team it's me and the one girl from bellissimo candles so we've not got to run this by 10 people to get it okay to make something for your company Yeah, you, can you know just it's do us do we it. can yeah. go yeah we'll we'll Create do that something
1: bespoke you can exactly oh that's even better Oh, that's exciting. It is, isn't it? That's so exciting. Well, we'll do anything that we can to support you um, because your story is it's obviously harrowing, but you have come through it and you're given so much back. So you literally couldn't be doing any more, which is just credit to you because I know some people probably just want to to yeah. block it, but you're fully embracing it and you're, you're doing as much as you can. So it's amazing.
0: Thank you. And if anybody is struggling... That's listening to this that has lost a baby, whether it was now or 70 years ago, come to the charity. We do have people who've had losses a long time ago. And because it was a little bit pat on the back, don't worry, you'll have more kids back in the olden days of losing babies, it's not like that now. We do talk about as babies, we do say the names, we are proud of our little ones that didn't make it. So, I don't want anybody to suffer in silence if you're thinking it or feeling it the chances are one of us lot have felt that way as well so uh, the charity is free you know you can access all these support groups and we don't charge for anything so don't suffer in silence it's yeah. just I wanted to end that yeah that little absolutely
1: bit. thank you so much for for being so honest and open you are a darling thank you very much as are you as are you thank you so much